Hello, welcome to today's County Road Bobblers podcast. It's the El Classico today with the originals back, which is uh, myself, which and Mitch. Um, so this is a Mitch's first uh, appearance back um, after what well, was a crazy season, really. Uh, I know we've done a bit of a post one uh, with Sarah from Mint Culture and Roger. But Mitch, I've got to ask you, after the crazy season that we've had, what were your final thoughts of last season without going into it too much? Because I think we all had a little family and want to move on. <laughs> uh, just pure relief, I think, mate. Um, it was actually it was a good good ending to a shocking season in the end, wasn't it? Um, yeah, just just pure relief and and glad glad it was over and we can sort of move on from it now. I don't want to say too much on last season. <laughs> yeah, it's best in the rearview mirror, isn't it? Um, so there's a lot of talk as well. Um, just as we thought, we can all relax a bit. Uh, the whole kind of takeover gate um, started to surface. Um, I mean, it seems to have gone quiet again, but you know, sometimes these things don't happen in public. Obviously, there was a lot being disclosed in the media. Um, for you, Mitch, uh, do you think this takeover is going to happen? Uh, would you like it to happen? Um, tough one, isn't it? Yeah, I'd like it to happen. Um, yeah. First and foremost, will it happen? I don't know. Like you say, it's gone all quiet all of a sudden. Um, um, I don't know. Maybe something's going on bubbling in the background. But at the moment, um, yeah, it's gone, gone very quiet, hasn't it? Hopefully, things are getting done in the background, like I say. Yeah. And look, I think uh, Farhad Mashiri, um, if he delivers that stadium, fair enough on that front. But it doesn't know how to, to run a football club by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Oh, so, it's, been a, it's been a disaster, hasn't it? For, it's it's like the blind leading the blind, isn't it, in that boardroom? Um, yeah, yeah. It's got to, uh, we need change, don't we? Me and you could have spent that money better ourselves, Mitch, and probably negotiated better commercial deals than oh, some yeah. of the people that we've seen yeah. in that boardroom. So there's a question on that later on. So I'll, 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 you know, we'll come back to that. Um, the kit, obviously something else that's, uh, that's been released. Thoughts? Do you like it? I, I like it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, why? What, what's been getting said? I, I don't see what the problem. I, to be honest, mate, I don't think Hummel's ever done a bad kit we've had. Um, everyone, I think, has. It's been good. Yeah, I think it's nice. I, I'm full agreement. You know, I believe it's. Uh, believe it's even better in person as well. Quite nice. Um, you know, and they've got all this modern technology now, haven't they? Not like the the old baggy shirts that they used to have years ago when, when we were probably younger. Well, actually speak for myself, maybe a bit older than you are now, but there we go. And the other big news, obviously, was was something that we've been crying out for on this podcast. Uh, a leader, an ally centre half, someone to get people around the back of the neck and actually, you know, get the game out of the scruff of the neck and get us through it. James Tarkowski, mm-hmm. uh, nothing ready. Um <laughs> is he the fella we've been looking for, Mitch? Do you think he's going to do a good job? I, I do, mate. Yeah, I think he's exactly what we needed. Um, if you remember a while ago, I did say, I, I mentioned him for you a while ago um, and said, like, he's going on a free end of the season. I'd be looking at him. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you can see already as well, you know, with the little training videos, um, the interviews he's done. Um, so, you know, he, I think he's exactly what we needed. Um, like you say, he's a leader. You get 30 odd games out of him a season. Um, that might not be the case now. He's at Everton. He might only play 
10 games or something. <laughs> yeah, have a curse, aren't we? But no, I think it's exactly what we needed. And we just took a marine physio, actually, haven't we? Um, so yeah. I don't know what marine's, uh, marine's fitness records was like last season, but uh, can't be any worse than ours. No, I, I agree, Mitch. You know, I, I was a bit, as you know, I was a bit, mm, when we first got into them, you know, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, is I think automatically you think Michael Keane, don't you? Like, because he's from Burnley and... and he's the one to go, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, the more I think about it, I think we've got to be very realistic about where we are. Now, I don't believe we should be where we are. I think it's pathetic that it's got to this. But at the same time, I realise that the reality of the situation, when I probably first looked at James Tarkowski, probably snobbishly put my nose up a bit at it and thought it's more of the same mm. but you know looking at it free transfer someone who knows the division tough robust can obviously lead a back line yeah so you know it was a huge problem for us wasn't it you know and as being someone who played at centre half as well obviously at nowhere near these kind of levels but you like to have a settled uh defense around you you know changing that back line every game doesn't yeah. help anyone, you know. We we almost didn't know the parents going to be, and I'd, I'd argue probably we haven't really had a consistent backline probably since Jaggy Elka. Uh, you know, if you look yeah. back at uh, like say Jaggy Elka, Distan, you know, Jaggy Elka, Lescott, um, we, we've probably got to go back to the Moyes era, really, where we've had a, a top uh, lineup at the back where we knew every week who was going to start there. Yeah. So and that's it, and it's and it's going from back threes and back. Pause the back fives, isn't it? It's like you say, it's not a, it's not a constant, is it? And and, and the other thing is, there is still a question mark, isn't it, over Mina's future? Um, what happens there? And and if he was to leave, then you then you'd have got a, someone there, you know, a more experienced defender who's who's there straight away. Like, so. Do you um, think it's took the pressure off that whole Yerry Mina situation now that Tarkowski? So arguments say he does come in, he plays thirty eight games. So it then becomes, I mean, we'll go into that, whether it's a back two, three or whatever you're playing there. But you've got one man then who's there every single game, you know, almost like, you know, if you look at them lot over the park, you know, almost apart from the uh, Pickford Gates fans, I pretty much is always in that lineup, And it's just a case of it's yeah. massive or whoever next to it. Uh, you know, not, not to say, again, it's not the same level as that, but, you know, you've got someone who's a, a seven and a half out of ten every week, you know, and it's then, you know, a leader and you can almost... Do you think you can almost trust maybe putting a Godfrey at Holgate? I know you're not a big fan, but maybe putting that type of player next to him then because you've got, you know, you've got almost got that that leader at the back that can command it and, and control it. Yeah, yeah, very much so. He, he, he seems quite a um, level as a sort of calm fella, doesn't he? And like you say, um, I I just think it's a great, I just think as, for a free transfer, I just think it's a great dynamite. I really do. I think. Um, He'll he'll show that defense up and and um, like you say yeah I think if and he'll bring the younger lads on like you say there you know Holgate Godfrey um so yeah more for it the interesting situation isn't it so obviously the news that Bramfleet was obviously moving on to 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 PSV on loan I think everyone expected um big yards uh, to go out on loan yeah and I think he, yeah I I agree Mitch I think it's a you know good on him for being ambitious as well and not just wanting to sit on the bench and going yeah. to a different country, different culture. He's yeah. a, he's obviously a Cumbrian lad, isn't he? You know, so he's used yeah. to that up north mentality. So to go to a different culture, 
But yeah. when he came in last season, uh, I always felt that there was definitely a player there. You know, he's got that raw, you know the raw attributes that you need to be a top level centre half. He seems to have grown again when I see him, see him in the training video. It's absolutely huge, isn't it? Yeah. But um, when he played last season, that red card, uh, it didn't raise a red flag to him because I think he's going to be a very good player. But what it did do is it made me look at it and think, hmm, I think he needs game time. He needs, you know, he's still a bit wet behind the ears, got on the wrong side. It could happen to anyone, you know, we all being there. But yeah. it, doing him, you know, a full loan, it probably do him, do him good going out there just to try and get a bit of that. Bit yeah. of that arse in him somewhere else and playing regularly, won't it? Definitely, yeah. I felt the same. Like, like I'm a big fan of Brantley. I think he's going to be a cracking centre-half, but I do think he needs to go out and play. You know, and it was like, he, he went out on loan, didn't he? And he got injured, like, and, and he, he... So that didn't really um, push him on anything because he was injured within... You know, he missed a big chunk of the season, didn't he? And you look at you look at Anthony Gordon now, he went out on loan and didn't have a good long spell. But he's come back and... And he likes a different player because he got that experience. And even if it doesn't work out for Brantley, I'm probably laying a hell of a lot from it. Um, either way, I think I just think it's a it's a good move for him. It, it's experience, that's all it is, isn't it? And it's going to benefit him, and it'll benefit us in the long run. I think you've you've raised an interesting point there, Mitch. And quite often, people, you know, you see it on Twitter every Saturday of the season. You know, almost, and I know that me and you certainly do when. A young lad goes out on loan, you know, that team that he's at almost becomes a, a de facto second or third team then because you begin you begin to follow and watch them, don't you, from afar? Yeah. yeah. And then it, it becomes this, oh, he's not starting again. He's not starting. It's not really working this. Trust us mm. to send him somewhere he's not going to play. But I think the interesting thing that you've just said that actually that can still benefit them. Yeah. You know, obviously you can just, I was often told that you can, you know, you learn more from adversity than you do than having an easy life. You know, because you 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 you, go, you get through it, you find a way past it. You know, yeah. build your character. And Gordon probably had to do that, didn't he? Obviously, went to to Preston. They lost. You know, they sacked the manager. I think as soon as the pressure's on, uh, people look for the more experienced players. Don't really take the risk on the younger players. So that's always the danger of going to to maybe one of the the, the teams that might be struggling. PSV, mm-hmm. you'd like to think are going to be the top end of the table. So, you know, that's not yeah. going to be the case there. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's yeah, like you say, it's the very least he's gonna. He's, he's at least going to have that experience, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Whether that's good or bad experience, what he will gain. I, I hate to say this as well, it wouldn't surprise me if he had a really, really, really good season at PSV. A really good season at PSV, and I hope this doesn't happen. And he comes back next season, and he might not wear the blue shirt, because I know that certainly Pep Guardiola is a huge fan, uh, yeah. where the other street is, and other teams yeah. are looking at him. Yeah, he was linked there, weren't he? Yeah. Was, and he'd be was, playing Champions League football. So they were, you know, he'd be very much in that shop window at PSV. Mm. So that's how he has the danger. But again, you know, we need to be realistic. We probably are gonna have to sell um a player again next season. You know, Keane's going with the guaranteed money there, but whether that's Carver Lewin, there's gonna be another player probably has to go for the door next season to bounce the books unless something crazy happens sponsorship wise. So yeah, that's just my worry. Uh, that's burning a yeah. hole in the back of my head. Uh, I hope that I'm wrong. Yeah, well, I mean the thing is, we what does we pay for them? Like, was it less than a million? Yeah, it's um, a million, was it? Yeah, so oh, I can't remember what it was, but you're going, you're going to make money on them anyway. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, won't we? We will. So Mina, sell or keep 
bearing in mind that the 120 grand a week that he's on. You know what? It's, it's so hard, mate. Like, you know, the other week I, I was saying on the Greek Rain, I was like, I, I thought he'd be up once with Charles and went, I thought, you know what, like that Richarlison gone, that like Rodriguez, Bernard, all like his sort of mates, his South American mates. So with a, with a year left on his contract, big weight, he's the highest paid there now, I think, isn't he? Um, I just thought if we don't sell him now, we, we risk losing him for, for nothing next season. But when you see, like when you just see him and you see like the videos again, and because we've had a little break in that, and, and you see, you know, coming back on. I just, I just wish, wish in an ideal world you could keep him fit and for thirty odd games a season, and he'd commit his future to ever, and that'd be in an ideal scenario. But if I'm you just, knew, if, so if, you, if I could say to you now, I'm going to make complicate this even more for you. If I could say to you now, Mitch, he will play twenty two games next season. Yeah, but he goes on a free. No, yeah, and he goes on a free, but he played twenty two games next season. Out of the 38. So you'll have Tarkowski and Mina for 22 games out of the 38 games. I mean, I'd, I'd love that. I'd love them to play. What's that? 22 games out of 38. That's, I mean, well, it's over, it's over half, isn't it? Um, yeah. So then the other half, you, you, know, you might be using Godfrey or Holgate or Keane. Listen, I don't know. <laughs> I'm stumped. Put the pressure I'm, on you here. Yeah, I'm stumped. Listen, I think it probably, if he's not going to commit his future to Everton and he, and he said to Everton, look, I'm once we contact off and going, I'd probably say, I'd say, right, okay, well, we'll look to sell you this summer because we want to try and get something back. He's, he's a quality defender. Um, I, I actually thought with, you know, with Chelsea losing a few centre halves, he might have looked at Mina. Um, but it's a tough one because I love him. I think he's great around, the, obviously, around the dressing room. He's a leader on the pitch. Um, He's 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 fun. He's lit the life and soul of the party, and I just I'd love to keep him. But bigger picture, it's probably best I think in our interest to maybe try and move him on. Yeah. So, know. and it is tough, isn't it? Because you look then, you look at you know, I think anyone would prefer <laughs> to probably move on Michael Keane or yeah. move on Holgate, uh, but. You know, and you get this every window. People say, oh, "Why are you selling him?" Why, and when we've still got, you know, mm. him or him, but you know, teams aren't coming in for your crap. It's like a jumble sale, isn't it? You know, and they're not gonna, you know, almost like it's like listing items on eBay, but then selling them in, you know, in, in, in the jumble sale of boot boot markets. Yeah. Um, you know, some sometimes some of these players that we've got, people just don't want to pay the money for them. They're on decent wages. Yeah. Well, so we don't want to get rid of certain players first, but that's not always a choice. So instead of, you know, put me under a bit of pressure there, I'll flip it around. What would you do? <laughs> I'm getting more and more tempted. More and more tempted. Because we've moved on a lot of big wages already. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't necessarily see anyone coming in for them at the moment. Mm. That might change. You know, if someone comes in for them and offers 10 million, you know, yeah. and, and we might get, you know, maybe Levi Colwell or someone like that in, uh, you know, as a, as a loan. I might get tempted then. But at the, as it stands at the moment, I don't really see a destination for him to go. 
And if that's the case, then then yeah, just keep him. You know, just you know, he's going to be around the Jeff dressing room. It is going to be expensive, of course it is. But we knew that when we we gave him the, the wages that we give him. Um, I think that the next couple of seasons are going to represent a really good chance for Everton. Um, certainly next season, I think that I think twelve months ago that over the, this summer and next summer we'll lose about 70% of our wage bill. You know, like said, Cenk Tosin that was earning five million a season, but not kicking a ball. You know, the players are, you know, they're the, the probably, we made the mistakes on where we offered them big contracts and long-term contracts are all going to start going over last summer and this summer. So yeah. I'm half tempted with the lack of leeway that we've got in terms of money just to keep them. But obviously, never say never. You know, it's like another bond isn't it? You can see you can you actually see him as a henchman in the bottom don't mean it, couldn't you? But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a hard one, mate. And 12 months is, is a long time, isn't it? In football, you know, like you say, we've just been talking about Bramfway there. He's going to have 12 months' experience. He's to come back, say Everton have a half decent season, and me and a go, you know what? I'm liking the way this is going. I, I might commit to the, to the club now. Um, whereas 12 months ago, he'd, he'd probably think, oh, fuck that. Yeah. You know, you know so that, I mean that back line's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because obviously the news today that Coleman um, may be missing the start of the season. But actually, you know, safely I, I think we'll line up with a back uh, three or a back five, depends on which way you want to look at it. But before we even look at that, if it was a back four for argument's sake, I think we've pretty much got 75% a new defense. Yeah. And, and I say this because, well. Certainly, like I think Patterson's going to be excellent. Yeah, yeah, just over six foot. His pace is fantastic from from standing, and his sprint pace from from standing is really good. He's really deceptive. Mm. I think he's fantastic galloping forward. He's got a good product. You've got Mikhailenko, who yeah. obviously I think he had a bit of a rough ride at the start, but he started to pick up pace. You know, he won the penalty, burn the overlapping, the goal yeah. obviously away at Leicester. I watched the game at Wales and he was getting on the byline, getting crosses in. And, and really speaking, he could have had two assists that game. But I heard that they've been working really hard on him in terms of, you know, getting that cross in a lot earlier. And he didn't have Calvert-Lewin at that time, so I think that'll help him as well. Yeah, yeah. So you've almost then got Tarkowski, Patterson, Mikhailenko, three new defenders, and, and it was a big problem for us, our defence. Um, and then you can kind of, like say, just add that, that next person into it. Well, I mean, it might be a back three, but we'll see. But it, 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 I mean, there's there's a lot of problems at the, at this moment in time. But I actually think that defence isn't actually going to be won this season, and I, I say that very quietly. Yeah, I mean, like you say, there, there's, there's we've got a lot in defence now. We've got, um, like you say, there, you didn't even mention like you got you got Michael Keane, you got Godfrey, you got Holgate, you got um, Nas and Conkey back, you know. There's a we've got a lot in defense, so I, I would imagine he'd, he'd probably go with maybe the back three slash five if you like. You think yeah. with, with the wing back? Um, so we'll see that there's plenty of options there now. Um, it, it does make me think maybe I, I think with Bramfrey going out on loan, I, I think he he's probably got the right numbers there, would you say? Um, I'd say so, yeah. You'd have to, if we were to bring another centre half in, it, it, it will indicate that we're selling someone. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I think. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's, um, I think I think we'd be sound there at the back of me, definitely. Although, it's not the perfect back line before anyone jumps on that. Um, I think that we've just got to be realistic about where we are. 
but I don't think that that back line's a relegation back line with them players in. And I think Patterson's going to have a really good season. I think Michalenko will be a solid seven most games. I think Tarkowski will be a solid seven. And then, you know, it's just bringing someone else in into that back line alongside them. And I think, you know, I've got, I think we get, obviously, set pieces are a big thing, but they've got a full pre season to work on them now. You know, it was yeah. hard for the new management team to come in and totally change the mentality of the team mid season. Yeah. So hopefully they, they get time to really work on that. I still want, I still like a set piece coach to come in. I was hoping that uh, Anthony Barry was going to come from Chelsea, um, but it doesn't look like that's the case. But it's something we need to improve on because it sucker punches you, doesn't it? Um, certainly when you're at home. Yeah, very much so. I, I don't know if you've seen it before. The, um, uh, the, the interview like with you know, Osman over in America. Yeah, and, um, I've seen it. Godfrey and Gray, weren't he? And, and, and he was saying, like he said, look, when he come in, he couldn't really do trainers how he wanted us. He was, we had a job to do. And he said, now, he said already now in pre-season over in America and stuff, He's starting to implement what he wanted to really do, type of thing. So, see a different evidence our next season, like. I think so, Mitch. You know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of doom and gloom in terms of ah, oh, we're going to be going down and doomsday, and you know, obviously not to pick you out, Tony, one of our bobblers, Tony Bradshaw. So, you know, not you know, not feeling the next season might go down. I'm actually just you know, look. You know, you know what? There's there's lots of problems, and we can't gloss over them. We'll come to some of them when we're asked the question later, certainly about the board. Um, but on the playing side, I, I actually I'm not that worried about it. I actually think, like you say, that under Frank Lampard, a full pre-season, we finished with a, a better win ratio than than Gerrard in terms of uh, percentage of wins. Mm. He spent a lot more money on that squad, and people look at his squad and tell us that apparently Aston Villa are great, and we managed to. To, to better, you know, their records, even though they took a week of Dean from us. But yeah. I actually think we've done well out of that, you know, I think we grew up Patterson and Mikhailenko, and I think exactly. we'll look back in a couple of years and, and actually think that was a good deal, although it was doomsday at the time when it happened. Yeah, yeah definitely. But I think we've just got to support them, haven't we? We've got to back the team, not necessarily the board, I certainly don't back the board, but the, the mm. team itself, I think, you know, back them, and I think we might be pleasantly surprised. So yeah, you mentioned about the return to, to Finch Farm, it's always an interesting one, isn't it? You get people studying pictures and videos and trying to trying to trying to call conspiracy theories and insights about what's going on and what's not not going on. It's all part of the fun of pre-season because we're all secretly missing Everton almost, you know, yeah. even though we, we, we needed the break. Yeah. Well obviously there's been the fitness tests. There was news that say that uh that Delhi actually smashed them and it was the the, the best uh records that he's hit in his career so far on the fitness test level. He seen a few pictures he looked lean. You know, he yeah. almost looks Fellaini like I think, and his builds quite you know pointy and fit, and you know, like he, he looks like he could run for ninety minutes and not even blink, but you know, be a bit a bit of snide as well. Warrington apparently, um, obviously being out on loan, Tramia, Warrington apparently really impressed as well, and he was he was wearing that top echelon as well. Frank mentions that quite a lot of the time that some of these young lads recover faster and are better at the start of preseason. That you've kind of hinted towards that, but it's about them sustaining that. You know, and that's what makes the difference then if they can sustain that and carry on uh, impressing. Mm. Anything for you, Mitch, on that? You know, have you, uh, you know, you obviously, you, you like me and, and everyone else would have been studying them videos. Anything stood out to you where you thought, oof, you know, quite, you know, I think this is looking good to me. No, no I, like you just said there, I think Deli Ali's the one. Um, they, 
all the fitness tests and, and stuff what he's doing, he's come back. Because let's be honest, like when he come in, he, and he, he come off the bench at times and he didn't look up to it. He looked off, off the pace. But I'll be honest, that second half against Crystal Palace, you're seeing, you know what, there's still a player there. There's still a player in there. And the fact he's come back in such good shape, thinks, you know what, he's, he's, he's up for this this season. He's going to be, I think he's going to be a massive player for us this season. I really do. Um, That's a prediction. Yeah, which yeah, which reckon he's going to be player of the year, don't you? Um, his early prediction. I think it's a good. I think it's a good shout, mate. I think he's going to be. He's going to be really good this season. Um, yeah, a few a few other ones. Godfrey looked at a beast, didn't he? You know, in the training. Um, it's funny with Godfrey, isn't it? Because he almost looks like an American football star. Yeah, he's like a tank. but there's actual shoulders. Um, if there was a nickname for if it was a nickname for him, it's called the Brahma Bull. He just, he just breezes with ease, doesn't he? The way he carries oh, he's, he's so powerful. Um, so I'm expecting a good season from him. I was like I said, I was watching that interview earlier and uh, over in the States with Osmond and that, and he said like he was a bit frustrated last season with injuries and stuff. And um so I'm expecting big things from him. I thought the other, the other one that sort of um, caught me eye as well was Dobbin. Um I thought Dobbin. He was at the front of a few races, like, and, and Lampard, um, by all accounts, has said he's he's in his plans this season. Um, there's, there's mentions of him, I think we were talking, we ended up sending him out on loan, but I don't know. I, 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 think, he's, I think he's a good option, Dobbin. I think he's, he gives him something different, that pace. Um, you know what I quite like about some Mitch? He's, he's almost like a young Lee Mitch. <laughs> But uh, he's not afraid to take the ball um, on the turn, is he? Mm. Some forwards sometimes they, they get caught up of just sitting on that back line and not really moving off the ball. Uh, yeah. but I, I seem to think with Lewis Dobbin, or when I've certainly seen him, is he's not afraid to come short. Yeah, and take responsibility and try and drive the ball forward. Um, and that's always a good characteristic to have. I think sometimes yeah. that's probably one of Sims' weaknesses. Definitely, yeah. I think the other thing with Lampard coming in is the younger lad will will get a bit of a chance like and to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to Sunday, you know, the uh, the match like I, I feel like uh, I've had that little break now, you know what I mean? I think we needed a month off, but I wanna get back to it and I wanna start seeing matches and stuff. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And obviously we've had that academy overhaul as well. There's a, there's been a lot of change there. Well, you know, brought Nicholson in to try and align the way teams are playing and the, and the whole kind of back structure of the academy. Obviously, had Rhino move on. I think uh, as much as he's uh, an Evertonian, I think most probably thought it was the right time for him to move on. No, you didn't say. Yeah, just to be polite. <laughs> but you know, I think um, I think it's going to be important, isn't it, next season? You know, we've got this five substitute rule that. Uh, there are certain managers being whinging for, even though he never uses two subs in some of the games. Mm. Uh, but he's got his way. You know, we, we've obviously got this five sub rule. Uh, yeah. So it, probably going to have to use some of these young lads, aren't we, off the, off the bench now? And like you say, Dobbin might be one of them. You know, obviously he seems to be a real, real big fan of Isaac Price as well. He never seems to be far from Lampard's lips when he's talking about the young players, does he? I know there's a good there's a good view there now. Do you know what I mean? This is why I'm looking forward to 
like some of the preseason games, you know, to, to see, see them. Because I it's honest, like I, I did watch quite a lot of the under twenty three last season, you know, through you know, through the week and that. But yeah, there's a few there that I think let's let's try and push them on, like let's let's see what happens here. Yeah, hundred percent. Again, you know, I think that you've got to look at targets, haven't you? If you look at uh, Rich Arson hit ten Premier League goals, was it last season? Yeah. DCL at five. Yeah. Right. So, obviously, the, the worry is that we've lost Rich Arson's goal. Is it realistic for Calvert Lewin to hit 12, 13, 14, 15 open play Premier League goals? I'd probably say yes. Yeah, I'd say so as well. And that's, you know, I think he could match his and Rich Arson's goal return himself. Yeah. If Delhi hits seven or eight Premier League goals, yeah. then that actually makes us better off than last season because we're scoring more goals than we did last season. I'm a, you know, we've got that threat from 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 the fields. And and someone that I know that you're a big fan of, Mitch, is our new number 10. Dub <laughs> the star boy by, by, by Everton online. But obviously he hit four goals and two assists last season. Yeah. So there's been some fans, as as always, seem to like to question people and, and really pick on stuff. But I think he had a really good season. Obviously, you know, I was a bit of a critic, but yeah. he proved me wrong. He, you know, and I, I'm always willing to have that open-minded approach. And he really looked like a good player last season. He really did. Someone who was just 20 at the time, obviously he's now 21. Mm. Again, you'd expect that four goals to assist to go up, wouldn't you? You know, what, what would the kind of target be for you, Mitch, looking at Gordon for next season? Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think he will as well, because it weren't just it weren't just his goals and assists. Like it was, he was winning penalties. He was he was, um, he scored like we scored a lot of goals off his corners, off his free kicks. Um, you know, he made things happen. Like I was watching, there was something on before actually, just before I um, came on here with you on YouTube, and it was Gordon's best bit from this season. And and you know when you watch it, like and you see, he just takes the ball and he he'll have three around him, and he's just dead comfortable with it and. Creating stuff and, and I can say he's a young lad, he's gonna get better. He, you know, you know, remember remember like DCL's numbers when he was he was a bit younger. It was like, yeah. like five, six, eight. He started building up and and all of a sudden now he you know, he he had twenty, didn't he? And and then I think I think Gordon's numbers will go up definitely for sure. Um what what would be your target then? As an ex winger yourself, you know, you used to score some screamers, Mitch coming in off that left and in that top corner, you know, I've saw you know cup finals. I've seen you you rip the net. Mm. What would what would be your so four goals last season? What would be your target for next season? Um, for, for Anthony Gordon, I, yeah, I think just you you just got to at least better what you've done the season before for the start. But I think Gordon's capable of it, and like I'm not saying he's going to hit double figures in both because I don't think he will. But I, I'd say anything between. Between five and ten, really. Yeah, I'd say that, that's what I want from you. You're, you're a winger, you're an attacker midfielder. That's what I want. Anything between five and ten in both, you know, goals and assists. Um, he's not going to get you ten, twenty. Sorry, he's not going to get you fifteen, twenty goals a season. Um, but I think he, I just, I just think he just got that sort of special on you. I'd say to him, I'd say, listen, that that's what we want from you this season. Yeah. 
set the goals high. And, you know, he, obviously Frank Work with Mason Mounts done yeah. a really good job. He seems to have that connection with Anthony Gordon. Mm. I think you look at James Madison, you know, I don't think Anthony Gordon's a million miles away from him in terms of ability. Obviously, you know, I think consistency is the key and that's perfectly normal with age. You know, I don't think it's unrealistic to say that, that, that he actually could become at that level. And that's backed yeah. up really by the fact that, you know, there were clubs in for Anthony Gordon. I believe yeah. that Guardiola and Klopp, I'd say, is, is, are huge fans of Anthony Gordon. Yeah. And I think the, the, the big thing where he stood out to me, Mitch, was the, was the derby. Yeah. We were up against it. We, you know, the game plan really was to hit them on the break. And he single-handedly tore them apart time after time. Oh. Like you say, he should have at least had a penalty a couple yeah. of times. You know, there should have been a bucket. He, he literally hurt them every single time he got that ball. And often there was no hope in the situation. Because he was, you know, he was looking forward and there were two, three players closing him down, but he still, you know, dragged this 40, 50 yards up the pitch. Yeah. So, there's, you know, there's a player there, isn't it? You know, and I, we've talked about this already, but I know that, that, that we both think that he could be actually a number 10 and come central. Well, you know what? Just, you've just took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say to you, do you think there's anything in that with the, you know, the number change? You know, because he could have took number seven. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna look at maybe playing them as a number ten, or do you just think that's just a, a, a there's nothing in it. It's just like no, you're a number ten a number number ten, not our actual gonna be our number ten playing. Well, I had this discussion online. Um, good lad Lee from three three from Bolton's mentions uh, about Gordon, and I was talking about him. Uh, that's a bit of a, a, a bit, a bit of a, a nice. It's always nice to have a, a good chat about on Twitter, isn't it? Because often it descends into to an argument. Uh, but I had a good chat on Twitter talking to Lee about Gordon, uh, and we talked about uh, you know, like well, I, I was talking about the fact that maybe Gordon was trying a bit too hard last season because obviously young scouts lads pressures on his shoulders. You know, he needed to to step up probably at a time where it meant a bit more to him because he was a local lad, obviously didn't want to see Everton go down. So you take chances then, don't you? You know, you where normally you'd take a pass, you might try and take someone on. Where normally you try and thread someone through, you might try and take that burden yourself and take a shot. And I think that Gordon probably tried too hard last season uh, at times simply because of the pressure that was on his shoulders. I, you know, he, he really didn't want to see Everton go down, not just as a player, but personal pride in terms of an Everton fan as well. So I think that Gordon did probably have a, I don't think it's been a negative effect on him, but I think his numbers would have been better if the pressure was off. If he was playing in the top side, say, for example, like the City, and he was challenging for the league and he was coming on, no pressure, lots of the ball. I think, you know, he'd have four goals, two assists. You may have saw seven or eight goals, five or six assists. Um, so I'm interested to see what Gordon will be like next season when when the pressure's off. Um, yeah. Because I, I think that I think once the pressure's off, I think we'll see a better Anthony Gordon. I think we'll see someone that, that you know, that, that actually is, is, is willing to take the ball on, willing to take responsibility. And we started to see glimpses towards the end of the season of that. And like we were saying, you know, maybe that might be a, an Anthony Gordon that plays inside or plays off the striker. You know, maybe you play Delhi, Delhi and Anthony Gordon off the striker 
both probably intelligent players to be able to do it. And I think if you actually get Anthony Gordon in the centre, then you might actually get more of a goal threat from Anthony Gordon as well. Because, you know, he, he often tries to work that angle to get the shot off, but, you know, he might not have to work as hard. Um, so, yeah. Uh, interestingly, Mitch, what do you think of his new style? <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. Um, <laughs> listen, as long as he's happy, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I don't know. I'd love to be able to pull that off. He looks like a fella who, who could be a number one on the pitch and, and a 90s pop star off the pitch. I think he's joining. He's joining the uh, the Dominic Zombies, isn't he? Yeah, I'm yeah. all for it, mate. You know, if I was rich and a talented footballer, you know what I'm like. I like controversy anyway. I probably wear something even more dramatic oh. than that. So, And just moving on to that, yeah, obviously we, we've obviously seen a lot of footage surfacing from the US. I think every day it's a nice little update again, isn't it, to to see you know what's going on there. And obviously, you mentioned before about the interview you've watched already. The player chemistry, Frank Lampard talked about and said it's almost as important as the tactics. I think none of us wanted Rafa Benitez when he was first appointed. I think it's fair to say, but then some of us were willing to give him a chance. Simply because if you if you're not backing the team, the manager, then what's the point? So you know we had to bite our lips and get on with it. But the player chemistry just looked shot. Eventually, obviously, Luca Dean came out and spoke about it as well. He's just not that type of manager. Frank Lampard seems to have managed to galvanise them and get them back to a, a situation where it does seem to be that 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 kind of united front now at Everton. Have you noticed that, Mitch? Has that been apparent to some of the footage that you've seen? Yeah, very much so. I think the first, I think the first is the old back, the first time they come back at Finch Farm. And you could just see how happy they were to be back. You know what I mean? They were all high-fiving each other. And you, just see, and you know yourself, which, you know what I mean? When you're going into work and you're happy and, and you're looking for, you know, you enjoy it more, don't you? It's like when we used to play footy and we used to, you know, Play with our mates and, and you go train, you'd be looking forward to training, you'd be looking forward to the match and stuff. And you've got to be enjoying it, you know what I mean? As long as you're enjoying it, and like you look at them now and they look like they're enjoying it. Last season, you know, you've seen the training videos and you didn't feel like they were, you know what I mean? And they just look completely different already, and it only bodes well, doesn't it, for us? I mean, I don't talk about my professional life. Really, we to talk on these podcasts, but I deal with at the moment with culture change. Mm. I, you know, I'm just about to move to a new job actually on Monday, but I, I regularly talk to people about setting an environment where people can flourish mm. because you can't ask people to lead, expect high performance, or expect improvement and in innovation if people don't want to be there. You know, people are looking at the watch thinking they're coming in and, you know, they think, oh, my God, I can't wait to finish today. You're never yeah. going to want people to do anything more than what they've got to do. So, you know, that environment, getting that engagement, that chemistry, you know, and, and really enhancing that well-being elements of, of anywhere place, you know, not just football, but anywhere helps, you know, and Frank seems to recognise that, you know, and I think that, you know, some of, some, yeah, some of, you know, some of the commentators, you know, like Sue Ness and, and Keane and you know they say I can't get into management now because 
you know, they're all, you know, they're all softies and, you know, I couldn't really, but that's, you know, I, I think we, we're just asking for people, you know, a kind, kind of, you know, nicer society nowadays. And, you know, it's, it's not too much to ask really to ask for that back. And I think that, that yeah, I know that sometimes people want the, the hairdryer treatments, but I think Lampard seems to, to have the right balance. You know, I think if you, if Frank Lampard's hold you off, um, then you know you've done something wrong, you know, because he doesn't just do it all the time. You know, he knows when to put, put his arm around players. He knows when to, to empower them, to make that environment right for them, to, to really help them flourish, to bring them together. You know, and I, th- I think that's going to bode well for us because I think we were maybe a, a dressing room divider. But mm. I think we're now starting to see signs that that dressing room is starting to mend itself and starting to get better. And maybe... Just maybe that's why Delhi has all of a sudden gone back on the game. You know, you know, in terms of he's looking fitter, he's looking leaner, he's looking back to the player. And don't forget, you know, Delhi was a player that was he was linked to 70, 80 million pound bids from from teams like Real Madrid. But under Pochettino, that's what he done. You know, he he had that quiet way about him where he, he managed to really connect with the players. And and really speaking, he you know Delhi went from that where he was flourishing to, to Jose Mourinho, who was playing all kinds of mind games to try and get the best out of him. I don't think that's what he needed, and I don't think he ever recovered because he went straight from him into Conte, who's a bit of a hard taskmaster. So maybe that different style of leadership may yeah. actually really help Delhi. Definitely, yeah. And again, I've got to give praise to Lampard, like because you look at you look at Delhi Ali, you look at the likes of Alex Iwobi, you know. All right, that he's not my cup of tea, but you look at Holgate, look at a different player under him, and like you look at these players, you think he's only been here like six, well, half, not even, yeah, six months now, isn't it? About six months, he's not been here long, Lampard, and, and you look at the difference in some players already. You know, you got you got like Tom Davis to come back as well, you know, he's not played under Lampard yet, you know, so that does it, it does it definitely give us like. Confidence to the players, but it's it's given me confidence as well, like fans' confidence. I think you know what we might might actually have got the right person in family to like get the best out of, out of the players. Like I agree with you know, and it's look. I don't think don't anyone be listening to this and think oh, we're well, getting carried away. We don't think we're going to be challenging for the top six. You know, no, but no. we don't think you know. I don't think we're going to be at the bottom. So I think that we'll be back we'll be in the right direction, maybe. You know, that's that's a start. Baby set. Yeah, it is, Mitch. It is. So the US footage has been interesting, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. It was a fourth that we we seen Rondon and Key doing a bit of yoga. Um, <laughs> Rondon with a massive smile on his face. It's probably become my favourite meme in the, the the summer, to be fair. But uh, he looks like he's on an all inclusive holiday, really enjoying himself, and you know, good on him. Really, any. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to like Rondon, is it? You look. I'm not saying he's the best player in the world, but he's. You know, he's a fella actually, you know, that he doesn't really shake, does he? You know, he turns up and gives it his best. You know, maybe I only, I, you know, I think I look at some players who, who were here for taking the piss a bit, you know what I mean? And we, we all, you know, I'm not going to label them, but we all know who they are. You know, I don't think that he ever does that. You know, I think he generally will try as hard as he can when he's on the pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, he might not ever be the best player in the world, but I think he'll give his best to, to, to do all he can. You know, and he, he does seem to be a really nice fella. You know, I yeah. think if, if the blue if, if Evertonians plan to enjoy the summer as half as good as Rondon's enjoying his, that big smile on his face doing the yoga, then I think we've had a good summer. Um, 
who knows? Look, I, I'd still say Neil Mongo was beige, but um, you know, I don't think he's the way. I think he gets a bit of a, a bad treatment at times as well. Maybe he might just be a player that can come on for five, ten minutes and just hold the ball up and be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, but I think we still need another forward, maybe there. Uh, Townsend's Andros Townsend's obviously a, a player mix that you pushed for for years for Everton. Mm. Finally got him. Sadly, got that injury. Frank was talking about the levels of professionalism from from Townsend. How he he actually went to all the away games, even though that wasn't asked of him, because he wanted to be there for the squad, you know, and to back them and to be part of that and to try and help them over the line. He's back early. Everyone was saying January next year, and he's back. He's out training on the fields. He, he can't knock his, his effort and his professionalism. That's kind of dressing room mentality we probably lacked, you know, out, out, out of some of the players that we've signed. Out, probably some of the players we've still got actually there, but we need that kind of mentality, don't we? Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's the case, though. It's the case of me, though, because it, it's like I've done the same with Velasquez, didn't I? I? I was down for him for, for, for years, finally got him, and then he gets injured from the same, same with Townsend, like, so. Um, no, I, I think, like I say, he's such a professional. And to be honest with you, I sort of, I thought, you know what, he's had that injury now, he's the wrong side of 30. Is he going to come back? But you see him there in the training videos again, after his fans doing, doing work and that, you're like, you know, like, he, he, could, he could still come back and, and he may not start every game, he probably won't. But he could be like a, a good squad player, good backup player. Um, I think you're right there, Mitch. You know, and he, he probably scores or was involved in three of my favourite goals at, at um, last season. Yeah. You know, obviously the Burnley goal, the absolute banger that he scored. Uh, there oh, was the, the, the United goal where we hit them on the break away and obviously he finished it and done the suey um, in the corner, you know, and he yeah. took, totally took the piss. And the, 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 there was obviously, you know, the, uh, I mean, you could even argue the cup game, you know, where, he, where it was really vital, vital moments in the game. But yeah, he, yeah. you know, he, it's not as though they're one offs. You know, you look back at the um, Palace versus City, where he hit that one on the volley. And he might be, yeah. like you say, the player, you know, we haven't really had anyone to make an impact from the bench. Mm. And we do get teams that will come to Goodison Park and will get a draw and just sit back. And say we'll break us down, you know. And it might be that you know that that Townsend comes off and gives us ten minutes and and hits, you know, mm-hmm. is prepared to take a shot up where other yeah. players might pass the ball. So you know, I think there's definitely still a place for him, isn't there? Potentially. Yeah, and like like you were saying before about about set pieces, I think when he went off the team, we did struggle with set pieces because he can whip a ball and he was even taking corners with his right foot at times. You know, he's that comfortable taking taking um, set pieces and say his, deli- his delivery is very, very good and very underrated like and um yeah, so we'll see we'll see. I think he I think he'll definitely be a good squad squad player, I think now. So the the big talk of uh, the postseason was the uh, supporter group tournament at Goodison Park. Um so we need to give an update out there. The County Road Bobblers still feel cheated through that 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 tournament, don't we? We uh, we went through the uh, actually. You tell us, Mitch, what what was the group stage like? We we went through the group stage unbeaten, didn't we? And we didn't concede the goal. I think, I think we won every one two nil, didn't we? Two nil, yeah. Three games, three games on Goodison Park. 
it yeah. turns up we, we all looked the part and we had the, the you know the, the black um kit on in the black and, um, um we yeah. didn't concede the goal in three games like you say two goals four yeah and then i think the quarters was two one but we were one nil down weren't we so we came back in that um but... so that means we, we, we lost to the winners uh, which is evident in the community and yeah. I, I hate I to say that, 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 that we missed some chances that um before that like didn't we? So yeah. um, should have been two or three up to be fair. But... Yeah, yeah, but what an experience and I, like I'll never forget it. You know, you know what I mean. Playing at Goodison, going on Goodison, it was just brilliant. Like absolutely brilliant. It it was our tournament, Mitch. We're just a couple of years too old. That's what I, I'm thinking. My, my knee's still not recovered, to be fair, either. I, I snapped my ligaments. Um, I thought it just tweaked my hamstring, but me, me, yeah, I'm, it's not good. So I, I still can't. I'm still really in pain with what what's going on. So I think next year maybe you could uh, you could be on the sidelines when you have a big Al Mitch and Steamo. Yeah, Mitch. I'm thirty eight. Moving on to thirty nine now. Uh, they wouldn't even give me a rolling contract now. I don't think if it, if it was in the professional game. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, but Barry Rons on up front was, you know, obviously Barry Williams, uh, one of our, our our good mates who's in our supporter group. He's off to the states. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm right, Mitch, but I believe he's purchased a loads of business cards, hasn't he? That he's handed out. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe he's been giving them out at the airport um, <laughs> before he, he jumped his flight. Um, he's been giving them, been giving them out over in the state. It's what, what's um, it with uh, Barry Williams? It's got his email address. That he's vice chairman of the fans forum. VC calls himself. All, all the details are on the back. Yeah. So, so, uh, even uh, I got one in my letterbox this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder where he got them printers. Got them printers, but uh, obviously, if, if you're in the states, you listen to because we know. Obviously, I, I've got to say that. I've got some really, certainly during lockdown as well, you know, the actual community of Evertonians home and abroad just came closer than, it, you know, it ever has before. Uh, Jeff Walmer, BB, I, I met Ryan Williams, uh, who came over for the game. Um, you know, there's so many of our good friends actually from the States who we, you know, that we've got good mates with uh, over the years. So, yeah, you, you may end up with a Barry Williams business card. And uh, if you do, post it on Twitter. Make sure you tag the bobblers in. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and, and just tell us what, what the situation was when Barry gave you his business card and what he said. <laughs> Did he call himself uh, VC? You know, or, you know. <laughs> I, I just want to know more. So make sure if you get a Barry Williams um, business card, you tell us the situation and you talk about the actual conversation that took place. Uh, on tag the county road bobblers because I, I am fascinated. It's like it's like Del Boy, isn't it, with his father packs abroad? Then he went on holiday with uh, Rodney. Um, <laughs> fascinated. I, I, I wish I had a camera on him to be fair. Like, but... I know. Well, you can't come on, Barry. But he, he, to be fair, Barry, when he, Barry was uh, in our supporter group competition as well, he was he was like Ron's on up front, wasn't he? He was. He was. He was. Um... Held the ball in, couldn't get around the ball. You know? Um, I, I just, I just, I just remember that that time where he, he, we were playing for time. I think, I think it might have been the quarters actually. And it was two one, and um, some lad had the ball, and Barry just sort of from nowhere just jumped on him and started carrying him like he was carrying a crazy lager. And, <laughs> that was 
don't know what he was doing, but he got the foul and he bought time. And now nah, he's he's done he's done well, Baz. He's done very well. I, I mean, there's some good performance, wasn't there? Obviously, there was um, Chris Matthews plays every minute of the tournaments. You know, I, I don't think he's like the eternal man, isn't he, at the back? That you know, the Manchester to keep it up. We had a uh, big Steamo. Uh, well, sorry, yeah. little Steamo who's, who who is big Steamo. Who, who was uh, who was holding the ball up and you know leading the line? Mitch, you know Mitch, you know doing what Mitch always does. Carl Wills, who was a, uh, oh, oh, you know I, I can't say too much about Carl Wills, but yeah, Carl was great. Snapey scored a few screamers, um, yeah. done fantastic as well. McKean is running his ass off, Matt, working hard, done really well. Cooper, you know, Andrew Winterburn, he was doing well, wasn't he? He's was on red boots at the left back. Yeah. Uh, so I think we played well, didn't we? It was unlucky, really. Yeah. I think we won that game, we would have won the tournament, really. And we've only got ourselves to blame because we didn't put the chances away. And I think uh, I was at that time at the semi finals, my knee was as, you know, as, as big as uh, Michael Keane's head. Um, so I can't exactly uh, criticize there either. So uh, mm-hmm. we, we've got a few, few questions here. Uh, from from our our fellow blues, uh, as we always ask for questions. Uh, the first question is from Alan Lee, Alan Free. I think actually on there he said, uh, "Are you happy with the squad at the moment? If not, then what areas and players would you like to see come in to improve it?" I think it's fair to say that that not many blues would be quite happy at the moment, but we've got a lot of time to, to, to work on that but what areas particular stand out to you Mitch just give one or two and just, just say who you don't come in it's obviously been a lot of links hasn't it been a lot of links um, the, the one I, I think listen we lost for Charles and so straight away I looked at trying to play I think Dennis is a good shout at Watford I think if you look at his numbers he would actually very very similar to Richardson. I think he actually got one more assist than Richardson in, in the league um, I think we've got to look at that. I think I like the Gibbs White link. I really like that. Um, and I think DCL is going to probably need more of a hand up front because if DCL gets injured, who you left with? You left with Gondon, Ellis Sims, maybe Dobbin, young lad. So I think you're going to, I think the Brozier link is a good one as well. So for me, I think the defence is, is okay for now. I think you've got that sort of attack out there and, and Patterson coming through and, and your fullback. So I, I think central midfield and looking at replacing Charles and possibly another stranger. So three, three positions, I'd say. Central midfield, sort of wing slash forward and a striker. Yeah, I was speaking to a lad called Danny. We asked him to on, on um, Twitter before. He, he made the point, he said... He's not really too disappointed with a lot of the links that we've we've actually had this summer. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get links and, and you, you know, really not into him at all. And I know that some people weren't into wings, but I'm not saying I am, but you know, Frank Lampard wants them they're fair enough. If it's alone, then I won't lose any sleep over it. But I don't think really speaking, as Danny said before, a lot of the links that, that actually they, they look all right, you know. Uh, Gallagher, maybe on loan. Or, or trying to get a deal with him, maybe to say, I'd even be willing with Gallagher to, to even say, look, we'll sell him back to you at a price, you know, maybe get a profit off. Does that satisfies us in two ways? We get a good player for a year or two, we get goals, and we can actually sell that player back. 
as you say, more than Gibbs White. This is really strange for you, it reminds me of. Do you remember when Kieran Dyer first came through mm. on the right and he just took people on? He was fearless, he was, you know, remaining. You know, remind, he reminds me of like a bigger version of Kieran Dyer. He has that attitude, he has that attitude about him as well. Um, and uh, you know what, I, mean, so- I, I, I think with him, listen, I'd be, you'd be lying if you said you knew a lot about him, right? But he is a player that has sort of caught you like, like you've, you've noticed him, you've noticed him. And, Obviously, watching a lot of England on the on the twenty three game because of Gordon, he's been the other standout. I think when I watched him, I think not a bad player. Him, and I think it's the profile that we should, we should be looking at is good young English talent. And I, I think it's a, it'd be a, like when we get linked with Lingard and Winks, I was thinking like that's what I want to get away from. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But I think that would be a good shout. Um, do you, do you think the hold up is because we're not trying to repeat the mistakes that we've made before? I know fans get frustrated, but you know, people put up, you know, under Walsh, they probably would have said 35 million, and Steve Walsh probably said no, 50, you know, and we'd end up paying, you know, more. Uh, maybe, maybe we are actually trying to be sensible and work within. Because people get annoyed, don't they? Like, oh, we're trying to play on the Klarna loans and all that kind of stuff. But Arsenal, even when they brought Pepe, they split that 68 million over five years or four years. Mm. So a lot of clubs actually do what we're doing. Barcelona, you know, look at the position they're in. Well, I think, you know, and I think some of what we're seeing is because of the mismanagement of the club. But also, yeah. uh, you've got to understand that the Felwell and, and Lampards haven't been part of that mess. So they're mm. trying to be clever now. And, and you, you know, and being clever doesn't mean paying the price straight away and getting a player over the line. So yeah. they may have to take a bit longer on the deal to get what they want price-wise, you know, and yeah. I think that that's what we might be seeing play out now. Yeah, definitely. I, I was reading as well with um, that fellow will stay behind, didn't he? Because he, he didn't travel to America. He, he's behind here, isn't he? He's trying to sort of yours out like type of thing. So where his players, you know, were getting five-year contracts with us a few seasons ago now, it's, it's, we're only giving them three, aren't we? Because I think yeah. we've learned from, from that. So... You know what I like about Bella, Mitch? I don't know what you think about this, but Brands was always front and centre. Like, it was like the brand show. You know, he's fancy suits and all that. And to be fair, I met him. He was a nice fella. See him walking through town, talk to him. You know, and he, he did seem like a really nice fella. But it did seem very much about, you know, is it Marcel Brands? You know, yeah. Felwell strikes me as someone... I listened to an interview the other day and he was talking about uh, Prosec, who he's brought in from Wolves. Yeah. And it was it was about Morgan Gibbs White. And he wasn't bigging himself up as the director of football. Uh, he was actually big enough, you know, that other coaches and people involved in development. And he seems like one of them people who actually work good as a team, you know, maybe take the back seat. Like you say, he's not on the plane to, to, to the US having the glory. He's in the background just trying to do what he needs to do. I still would like, and I've said this to the club on numerous occasions, I said after Ancelotti or the rumours, Ancelotti was known, I felt the club needed to communicate better about it. I've asked on numerous occasions um, for the club to communicate a plan. Uh, certainly, you know, the removal of AGMs uh, or, or this AGM not happening. That I think the club needs to communicate the project, the plan, what we can expect as fans. We shouldn't be thinking we're stumbling into one window to the next because I think fans would be a lot more understanding. And I think the club should trust fans more. Uh, you know, I think it, we're adult enough to... to to listen to what they've got to say, you know, if it is that we've got to cut our cloth accordingly, then tell us, you know, and I think that we'll understand signings a lot more then. 
So I just wanted to add that in, so it's a bit of a rant. Uh, but I'd like to see Farewell at the end of the window. I wanted them to start at the window, but maybe that might you know, compromise what we're trying to do. But certainly at the end of the window, coming to fans and talking about that plan, what can we expect? You know, what, what are we going to see? What, 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 you know, what are Everton Football Club in 2022 and, you know, the next few windows, how will that, that transpire? You know, are we going to sign young players, concentrate on, on cutting a cloth? You know, if that's the case, then just tell us, you know, and, and give us a bit of a, a... And I think we'll take it well. You know, I think we can trust Everton fans a lot more sometimes than, than maybe Everton Football Club think we can. Yeah. Definitely, 100%. Sorry for me, Rant, then. Um, so, <laughs> uh, we also got a question here. Um, it was mentioned about uh, how do you feel about being in Blue Doodlers sex ponds? Um, so, uh, long story short, I don't know if you've seen that finger posted on the Bobblers WhatsApp. I'm not in it. Um, well, uh, uh, the County Road Bobblers bobble hat yeah, is in, in, in the sex ponds. Um, so, right. long story short, Chico. Uh, Basically, started to po- uh, post pictures of him uh, enjoying himself in, in some kind of hot tub. And there was a picture produced or a doodle produced from Blue Doodler. He was fantastic. Have a look at his, his, uh, his Twitter yeah. and the link uh, because he does some fantastic drawings and also prints and uh, cups. We've got our Morito someone. And he's now added uh, uh, Chico to it, certainly with his trotters. We've got Hibbo holding the fish. Uh, Molly Tosin's on there, and uh, the, the the county road bobbers CRB uh, hat is in 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 the uh, the hot tub. And to be honest, okay. it doesn't look good. It looks like we're either underwater or it's propped on someone's uh, manhood. So uh, <laughs> I'm not too sure. What, you know, I'm proud that we're on on this 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 uh, drawing, but uh, I'm not too sure about the position. But uh, even either way, it's all good. <laughs> you have, have to send me that. That that'll be you. That it won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, I'll send the Phoenix, but yeah, we're in the sex, we're in Blue Doodle's sex ponds or Chico's sex ponds, whichever way it, it yeah. kind of gets shaped there. But there you go. Um, hey, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first one we've been in, would it? No, no, Mitch, you know, we, we, we never do anything wrong, me and you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Hankinson asked a question, and this is what I mentioned at the start. We'll come back to it towards the end um, about the board. He said, do you think the current management team in place are better than we've had in the years uh, gone by? Is it detrimental that some fans want to protest and disrupt instead of support? And should we move on? So I'm going to answer this first, Mitch, and then pass it on to yourself because it's something that I am quite passionate about. I do think that, that, that there's a need actually for fans to push for better. You know, I think that on the footballing side, I'm really happy about that. I think Frank Lampard will be really good for us. I think that Felwell will be really good. But the board hasn't changed. You've had a strategic review. Farhad Mashiri has been meddling, you know, like a kid in a candy shop or play, like, you know, a young kid playing FIFA or champ man. He's still there. We've still got Bill Kenwright, Denise Barrett-Baxendale. We've lost hundreds of millions as a business you know whether that's Farhad Mashiri whether that's down to the the, you know the CEO or chairman I don't know I'm just a fan looking on but someone's making mistakes and and, and it's getting worse it's not getting better so for me you know they're they're paid a handsome salary you know you can't necessarily I I don't buy into blame one person so I don't think you can say it's just Farhad Mashiri because for me I'd be saying well what is our CEO and chairman doing you know what they're in the boardroom, so why aren't they challenging them? 
you know, they're paid a lot of money. We're talking millions that they're, you know, they're between that collective boardroom. So why are they not either standing down or walking away, maybe like Marcel Brand's done? Or why are they not saying, listen, Farhad, that's a mistake and we're not willing to, you know, to allow that to happen? You know, and, and for me, if, if you're sitting on your hands, you're letting the business sink in terms of the losing hundreds of millions of pounds every single season, you know, well, not every single season, but over the course of the season, we're losing hundreds of millions of pounds. It's not good enough. No. So, in answer to the question, Paul, my, my, my uh, reply is this. I back the team. I fully support the team. Um, and I'll continue to support Frank Lampard. Uh, I will continue to help support and try and do what we can to to help that atmosphere because we got, you know, the bobblers got involved in that towards the, end, the back end of the season, you know, being involved in some of the groups that were planning the coach welcomings that went down well. So we'll continue to do that. But at the same time, I'm not willing just to forget and do a men in black moment to say that we should forget the people who've got us in this mess in the first place. So yeah. Denise Bannock-Baxendale, Bill Kenwright, Farad Mashiri and anyone else who's been involved in this mess, for me, it's not good enough. And the takeover... I'll be actually happy if that happens because we need a new culture at this football club. And this football club isn't yours. This football club belongs to the fans. Mitch, you've got your dad who's a blue. You can, you know, no doubt your your generations upwards are blues. Your Toby who's a blue. Your, your son, you know, we want this football club to be in a place when when Toby grows grows up and he's your age to be in a place where we're winning, not losing and hemorrhaging money. So yeah, it's pathetic that that happens. I don't think that that will disrupt. The football team and actually you know looking at the 27 campaign I think that they've been really respectful I've contacted them on numerous occasions spoke to them um, as my role in the fans forum um, you know and every time I spoke to them you know they've been really sound they've, they've had really good points uh, and they're very clear they've supported the atmosphere and they support the team but they also ask for better at Everton Football Club and we all need to do that as football fans and if we don't then what's the point we don't want to just be turning up, wasting our money. And Mitch, you're you're one that spoke about this about you know you had to pay more money this year uh, to have a season ticket. And I know that you've got your family, you've got yeah. your bills, you know, as a, a single parent, um, and it's a stretch for you, you know. And you, you know, it, it shouldn't be on the fans to cough up that money when we're wasting hundreds of millions of pounds, and and these directors are paid handsomely. Well, it's you know, let, let's ask the fans to sort this out. Let's raise season ticket prices. And look, we have frozen for 10 years, but it shouldn't always come down to us. And my fear is that Bramley Moore is the biggest opportunity that this football club has had in my lifetime and probably for 100 years to actually capitalise because the income is massive. You know, the, the potential of sponsorship, you know, the exposure in terms of you could have an Amazon documentary, we could have concerts there. But we're asking the same commercial team to deliver that have failed us time and time and time again. I speak to, 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 to fans in Norway, Helga and the Norwegian Toffees. I speak to, to, to Joe over in Ireland, you know, and, and they can't get kits. They want to buy them, but they can't get kits. Yeah. Well, they can, but they've got to pay astronomical prices. Yeah. They walk through the airport and see the full kits, but no everything kits. You know, we're failing in most areas of this football club, whether it's retail, whether it's sponsorship, yeah. It's pathetic and it needs sorting. And we can use any kind of subdiffuse that we want to try and put the, the spotlight elsewhere. 
But people like the 27 campaign are actually speaking for all blues, whether you agree with how they do it, the methods that they use or, or not. I don't care. They're actually doing what's right. They're asking for Everton Football Club to, to, to improve, to get better, to be where it needs to be. Not not for you know, not 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 for anyone else, but the fans, because it's us that matter. It's our money that we spend. So literally, I, I was on a rant there, but yeah. we need a better football team. We need a better football club, and we need it now. And we can't have Farah Mashiri meddling in Frank Lampard's business. You know, Keir Janabuchin getting involved. Bill Kenwright's failed us. Denise Barrett-Baxendale's failed us. We need better, and we need it now. So that's my yeah. my answer to you, Paul, is that I agree with them. I, and I'm sure they will, they'll support the team and they'll continue to support the team, but they'll continue to ask for better, and rightly so. Sorry, Mitch, that's my rant, and it's over. So over to yourself on that. Listen, listen you're spot on, mate, and I'm just going to reiterate what you said. It, the fans pulled us through through this season. Right? Listen, we could if it wasn't for the fans, we could have ended up with that fucking lunatic who rang up Sky who's trying to get a job, that Victor Pereira, as a manager. It was, it was only for the fact the fans put us in and stopped that. It was only for the fact the fans made every home and away game an absolute cauldron for the players to, to see the players through. Like, the fans do so, so much. Like, it's, I, I can't, I, it's not disrupting them at all. What it is, they are just demanding better. And and I'll be honest, I take me out of them because I, I don't... I, like I don't get up and do what they're doing, you know what I mean. Like I, I support it, but I, they actually make the effort and go down and do all that type of thing. So I'm all for it. I don't think it's disrupting anyone. I think if anything, it's brought the fans and the players and the whole club back together because it was divided. Like, like let's be honest. I mean, like, what was I like with last season? I just I I don't know. I was like, fuck this. I can't be bothered with this anymore. And I think it's it draws everyone back together. Like when you hit rock bottom, the only way is up. And I think we've hit rock bottom, and all of a sudden we've all come together. And like you just like listen, you just put it perfectly. I can't I can't follow your speech there. <laughs> but I just reiterate what you say. And if it weren't for the fans, we we'd, we'd have gone down last season. No no two ways about it. We'd have gone because the players. We pulled pulled them through, and everyone everyone to collectively pull through. I, I don't mean everyone. I mean probably from Lampard, the manager, the, the coaching staff, the players, and the fans. Up the board, the higher level, they never. Yeah. But, but um, yeah. I, listen, I, I just reiterate what you say. You you put it better than me, but um, yeah. Well, you know, I mentioned, you know, as someone who's a father as well, you know, obviously Toby, uh, for everyone does know Toby Mitchell, fantastic yeah. young lads, you always got an Everton kit on. You know, you must look, you know, and I know that you're desperate, you know, to, to pass that on in the Evertonia to, to Toby. You don't want to, you don't want to see him go through what we've gone through, do you? You know, obviously, you know, we're, we're mid to late 30s now, late 30s, we start from mid 30s to, you know, for yourself. Uh, but you know, other than '95, we've not really seen anything. Can you, I'm sure you don't want Toby to go through that. Yeah, no. Listen, I think when lose or draw, you go to match with your son or, or with your dad, you you enjoy it, right? But you see this like what our 
the Cavalish guys do. Like, sorry to say that, but they they just like I, I always think like some of the fans don't deserve it. Like I work with people and I, I know people that don't go to don't even like show an insta until like you win something. And I'm like, the first time you spoke to me about football. But like, yeah. We just deserve. We just deserve so much more because the, the fan base is unbe- our fan base is unbelievable. Like you look at you look at Bas there, Bas is over in America. You know it's it, it's unbelievable. And, and that's yeah. gone in a way. You know what I mean? You spend it. Yeah, it's yeah. Just so you know. I'm not, look, we're we're just a gang of supporters, and you know, and um, a couple of fans talking about stuff, and we we're always. Made up that anyone listens to this podcast, I'm sure it isn't listening to it at the higher echelons at Everton Football Club. But if it is, you need to do better. And for me, you need to walk and find somewhere else to, to, to earn your money because you failed us as fans. And, and for me, it's not good enough. Um, you know, and it really isn't. You've let us all down. And the 27 campaign, yeah. all I'll say is that I would back them if I, if I was you, you know. Rather than trying to criticise them, then just give constructive feedback. You know, tell them what you think they should do, and look for reasons to actually demand better. But I'm sure that they will also support the club uh, when when actually the football games are on uh, as well. So uh, another one was that was asked last question was was Hibbo um, asked about uh, out of all the players you were heavily linked with. Um, in, in the past transfer windows, which ones have you been gutted that we haven't got? There's always one, isn't there, or two players that, you know, that you think you get invested and you think, how oh, are we going to get in? You know, Raquel Maygate, basically. But, um, you know, has there any been in the last couple of years you think, oh, you know, I really fancied him as well. Of course, that he's gone somewhere else. There's been, there's been, there's been loads, hasn't there? Um, you look at Fiat at the shite. You know what I mean? I, I think I nearly got him. Um, remember Moutinho? I know, yeah, I know, obviously, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that went on for a while, didn't it? Um, Yarmolenko was another one. Football um, Ukraine, yeah. Where, where there was that, that, that Twitter site, it's why they all lose up. Oh, mate, there's been loads over the years, hasn't there? There's been loads. You, you, you know what? You can go further back, like the Andy Cole and Craig Bellamy and players like that. But, I've said this a million times, but the, the, there's a book out there to be written, isn't it? You know, the alternatives of history of Everton Football Club. Um, you know, and you know the amount of players we could have had: Bellamy, Robbie Keynes, and all that in between. And the yeah. one I was good about was it uh, was. I mean, I don't know how true this was, but I was told that Everton Football Club had a, had a double bid, nearly agreed for for uh, Reece James and Kurt Zuba. Brands had worked really hard to get them. Um, Reece James had been on loan at the time at Wigan. And then Lampard's ironically had gone back to Chelsea and they had the transfer ban, so he, he kiboshed any any of the younger play younger talented players leaving the club. And and we ended up not getting Kurt Zuber and not getting Reese uh, James at the time. And not Reese James, sorry. Um am I saying I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, James. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, that 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 was I think that would have made such a difference for us. And I think the Giroux deal would have made a huge difference for us as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I believe that it. Yeah, oh, you know, talk. Apparently, he was. Uh, he may have been been getting up to extracurricular activities when he was on Merseyside, uh, and yeah. he was wondering about bringing his wife there. And it wasn't necessarily his wife to blame. It may have been him. Uh, but I think Jury would have been a terrific signer for Everton Football Club as well. You know, and uh, 
Who's Cuban might have actually kept his job and they got Juno at the time as well. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't it. Wasn't Jimenez quite close? Yeah, another player. We were linked with Everton Twitter, as always, done its job. They, they, they wrote him off. They said his, his goal scoring record's crap. He's quite lightweight. He wouldn't adapt to the Premier League. Um, be a stupid signing for Everton Football Club. Uh, he went to Wolves and he's done fantastic since. So, uh, I always say just be open minded. You know, sometimes, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, sometimes people say, well, what? Look at Stephen Pienaar, yeah. perfect example. Didn't fit anywhere else. He came to Everton Football Club because he was a bit of, you know, if you looked at his stats and you looked at his goal and assists and all that, you would have said, why the hell are we signing Stephen Pienaar? He came to Everton Football Club and it just fitted. It worked. Kevin Campbell, exactly the same. Yeah. Stephen Pienaar actually went to Tottenham. Didn't work in the same league just because the culture environment manager was different, came back and it worked again. And sometimes you can do all you want as a fan to, to look at records and stats and reports, but sometimes it just clicks and there's no rhyme or reason. Someone has just looked at that player and thought, you know what? They just haven't fitted where they have been, but they could here. Like we said, like we said earlier, you've got to go to, you've got to. Be going to work and, and like enjoying it. What's the point going to a job or you work where you're like, oh, can't be bothered with this? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and he'd be the same. He'd be driving into work and, and you know, so yeah, I'll, uh, he's, he's another one. Mate, there's been, there's been that many, hasn't there? Over the years. Yeah. There's been so many. Like you say, you could write a book. You could write probably about three books. Um, yeah. But anyway, thank you very much for everyone listening. Uh, we will be back uh, again, probably looking ahead to the season. Uh, when I'm not going to be plunged into trying to predict where Everett will finish yet because I don't think the business is finished. The rumour is that there's a couple of deals in the pipeline. I think we're certainly working on Morgan Gibbs-White. I don't think that's any, any shock to anyone to hear that. Uh, you know, I think... From what I've been told, there's, there's three deals that we're working on at the moment. I don't know the other two names, to be honest with you. Uh, one name I'm going to say to you just quickly before we close, Mitch, Adama uh, Traore. <laughs> if we signed Tarkowski, if we signed Morgan Gibbs-White, if we bought Gallagher on loan, and we bought Garner, Idrissa Garner guy, although to be able to six, she had a sense of it. Moved a few players on. Um, you know, we, we, we may have brought a forward option in as well. Would you be interested in Adama Traore? Because I think, you know, this squad has been particularly poor. You know, once we lose a couple of players, uh, you know, under, actually, Iwobi, you'd look to them, you know, and say, where does he play? But now you can actually play him in a 10. Play right wing back, right forward, left forwards. Arguably, maybe left wing back could try or really kind of be the same kind of person. You know what I mean? Three four position squad squad rotation. Yeah, I I seen that link and and you know what? Like I haven't. Right, I tell you why because I think like if you Andy Gordon's probably going to play down the right, I'd imagine. Yeah. But you watch Gordon, and he does sort of, he looks knackered after about 75, 80 minutes. He looks, 
blowing on his feet. Try all right, coming off the bench. I'm not saying he's going to start every every game, right? But coming off the bench and then playing every now and again, he is a handful. He is like he, he can beat a man. He's strong as anything. He's quick. His end product, all right, needs working on. Whether that ever gets better, I don't know. But you know what? I think in for us looking at our squad, I wouldn't tear my nose up at him. I'd go right, okay. Well, if we can sort a decent price out for him. You know, don't forget he was on, he was at, he was at Barcelona last season on loan. Eight you know, so, well. Yeah, so so I'll be honest with you, I'd, at the right price, I'd take him definitely. I'm the same. I think he can play. Obviously, I'm only saying this if we get everyone else in, but I think he can play uh, left wing back, right wing back, right forward, yeah. left forwards. Uh, you know, we've got five sub rule as you say next season. Someone that can come on and actually stretch teams. Yeah. And at the very least, you know, you've always got to put two players on him because of his pace. I so think he frees up space for other people. I think his style, I think him running towards the Gladys Street down the right wing, the way he is, he'd get the, he'd get the crowd like off the feet. The old C clicker. I reckon he would, you know, you know, just because of his style. Like, I, I, we've watched him in the paddock ripping like Lucas Dean when he played for us, and we were like, fucking hell. Like he can he can beat the man, no problem. You know, so so get your baby all on, get the baby all orders already called us in park. Um <laughs> and uh, yeah, just just a quick out, shout out as well uh, to a group that I'm involved in, which which is the uh, the eighteen seventy eight on Twitter. You put out today you obviously asked the question about uh, the atmosphere. Um I think it's important that we, we actually recreate that atmosphere next season. Uh, but they put a, a poll up the other day asking what, what fans wanted. Obviously, the fans all suggested that they, they wanted a coach welcoming, um, and, and it seems to be happening. Um, so let's just enjoy it. Let's get out there. Let's enjoy it again. Uh, I'll certainly be there. I'll be getting out to County Road probably about 12 o'clock, even though the kickoffs are half five. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's get that unity back together when it comes to that first game. But also, you know, back... The right people uh, in terms of the 27 campaign, I think, for change because we do deserve better. But we can do both. You know, we can back the team, we can back Frank Lampard, and we can demand better at board level. That's perfectly normal. Thank you for listening to the County No Bobbles podcast. Uh, I no doubt we'll be back in pre season. We might even be with Barry Williams, our own Jude of Chalmers, and his business cards. Bye for now and uh, enjoy the USA tour. <laughs>